Mendota Beatty hit high in the air to right field, pretty deep. Back goes Acuna at the track, at the wall, and it is gone! Brett Beatty with his first major league swing hits a home run. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It is episode 91. It's actually Thursday, August 18th at 10 p.m. at night. This is me and Jerry's first night episode ever, I think. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack A.K. Jolly. Joining me is Jerry Blevins. Uh, Jerry's got a flight in the morning. I got to drive to Baltimore in the morning, so we're doing it now. Jerry, how you doing? Post game, great. Just put my two kids down. Uh, I postponed my flight. I was supposed to get in tonight. Uh, my nephew, who's 12, had a junior high um, football scrimmage Ooh. that I wanted to get to, so I pushed my flight. I got to leave my house at 4:30 in the morning. But it's all that's why I retired, man. So I can go to stuff like that. So Hell yeah. I like um, that answer. You know, exciting. Unfortunately for the Mets, though, I think they retired a little bit. No, yeah. no, it was uh that we 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 played four here and uh got our butts kicked for two, <laughs> won a good one in three, and lost a heartbreaker in four. So Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the story of uh kind of game three and game four, game one and game two. We'll we'll talk about them obviously, but they're kind of pretty forgettable games in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> uh it's the first in division series that the Mets have lost this year. We have not had an episode like this because of how well these guys have played against their division rivals, but the Braves finally get to the Mets. Uh we still have the season series win on the line. We don't play them again until the very end of the season. Three more games at the very end. Uh, the, but the Braves did look pretty good here. Max Reed comes off the IL for the final game, pitches really well. We're going to talk about it all. We're doing it without recap music and intro music because our dearly beloved producer, Jack, is at the Little League World Series with We Got Ice. He's having fun over Exciting. there. Exciting. Are you alone in the whole office? Uh, no, we had a couple of guys that hung out and watched uh, the Mets and Yankees games in the lounge. Oh, little JM Mets? A little JM Mets out. It's for the people that don't know. Yeah, we can tell. The John Boy Media, JM Mets, they, they got a good crew of... Mets fans and people that appreciate the Mets and people that appreciate baseball and what the Mets are doing this year. So it's a good group of of uh, like-minded folk enjoying the New York Mets. Absolutely. And yeah, when I got here, I was the lone Mets fan in the Bronx office. And now JM Mets is like a 15-person group chat, which is pretty cool. It's, a, it's deep. It rolled, And I'm not in that chat. It's, I, uh, I assumed you didn't want to be in it. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Yes, I don't... Uh, we would love group to have chats you. and I don't I don't know why, but it very rarely do I enjoy a group chat. Like we have our fantasy football group chats. Right, right, right. I have a couple of buddies that are like two, three deep, but I hate getting notifications because like mm-hmm. if I have an open email that's on my app, it drives me insane. <laughs> and with with uh, group chats, it'll be all the time. I'll just have that anxiety of open messages that I haven't read. So I'm so I, glad I appreciate it, the invite though. I'm so glad you're similar to me in that regard. Cause my girlfriend will, ha- she has like a thousand emails and she doesn't bother at all to see the big red number there. Doesn't bother even a little bit. I don't understand it at all. No, uh, I don't know. All right, let's talk about these duds. Enough let's putting get it in. off. Let's, let's get talk in about it. All right, I got game one. I'm used to game one victories, and this is quite the antithesis of everything I've gotten to experience I'm sad this year. Uh, we don't get the music to, I know. to recap It'll to, be in the episode. Okay. The, let's get in it. The listeners will boogie. The Braves pounced on Cookie Carrasco in the second inning. William Contreras and Eddie Rosario hit back-to-back solo home runs in the second, and Travis Darno scores after he's hit by a pitch, which leads to an Acuna 
RBI double. Cookie stayed in after a brief rain delay about a half hour and finished the second inning, but on the very last pitch he threw, he felt some tightness in his side, very similar to what we saw with Max Scherzer earlier in the season. Cookie goes two innings, three earned runs, one strikeout, two homers on 51 pitches. That ERA goes up to 3.92, and he will miss three to four weeks with a low-grade oblique strain. Not as severe as Scherzer's injury earlier, which is more like seven to eight weeks, but this one is still significant because the Mets will go out without Cookie just when they had finally gotten to full health in their rotation. Later on, the Braves just continued to pour it on. Acuna doubled, then Dansby singled off Adonis Medina to bring home two runners from Joelia Rodriguez, so it's 5-0 Braves. Jeff McNeil had a really good game in the blowout, so good for Jeff. Uh, he doubled, advanced on an error, and scored on Eddie's RBI groundout. That would be the only run of the game for the Mets, because the Braves blow off the doors in the sixth inning off Medina and Givens. There was an error and a walk to Grissom, and then the Braves got five hits in a row. Darno hit a three-run homer to cap off everything. But then, the story of this game came in the last two innings. Darren Ruff was the position player chosen to come on and pitch for the Mets, and he was absolutely spectacular. Two scoreless innings for Ruff. He caught the Braves off-balance, trying to crush every pitch in sight, uh, and he gave the uh, gave some aid to the bullpen that was desperately needed uh, in those last two innings. But the Mets do go quietly in their worst blowout loss of the season. McNeil goes 4-4 four for four with a run. Nimmo goes 2-4. for four. The rest of the lineup goes 1-26, for 26, and the Mets lose game 1-13-1. to one. Good job. Good recap. Thanks, good bro. recap. Uh, not a good game. No. So you did good. No, no, no. Uh, losing Cookie, that was tough because he, the rain delay, like it just had bad vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it man. had that bad juju going and we caught a little bit. We caught a tough break right there. Definitely. Um, that was tough and it, it was just a, a trouncing. Spencer Strider looked really good. Talked a lot of shit last start. Uh, came out and made a made a statement there. Yeah. He pitched really well. He looked really good. Um, but other than that, it was just uh, Medina for the first time since I've seen him pitch looked pedestrian. Yep. Uh, in a time where they needed him, but Darren Ruff, man, that was a good highlight. I love that. I mean, we'll, we'll see that at the end you of the season. Shut out recap. innings. He threw. He threw. We. I did a for BNNY on SNY. Uh, I did a little breakdown and he ended up it would have been like a 58 pitch perfect game if you extrapolated that out to <laughs> nine innings <laughs> that's what uh, one game so, one if he pitched the whole thing obviously that's it he's, he'd be the number one Degrom's the number two Scherzer's I mean, the number that's three that's really the fault of buck there to not trust this guy <laughs> that's just it that's how i call it that <laughs> that brings us to game number two mm-hmm. this was an important one because coming off the cookie carrasco injury it really was taiwan trying to lift the team up as he's done all year uh unfortunately for him he had a similar issue after going the first two innings pretty clean uh he comes out with what became a stiff back we don't know if he's going to miss another start right. but at the time when he came out after two innings this felt uh, like a big boulder had been dropped on us because on the other side of the hill, it was Charlie Morton who returned to his nasty form. This is easily the best I've seen him all season long. Uh, I pay pretty close to attention to the Braves, uh, and he hasn't looked quite as sharp until that game. Game two, he looked phenomenal. Uh, the Mets... Uh, had nothing on offense. They managed only three hits, two by Lindor, one by uh, Nemo, who started the game off with a single, then was doubled up on a grounded into double play by Marte. Uh, on the other side of things, Robbie Grossman hits a home run off of RJ Alvarez as he's greeted. 
Uh, in the fourth inning, we get another home run from Mr. Olsen. It's three to nothing in the fourth. They add two more in the seventh. It was five nothing. Felt like forty to nothing because it was a big loss losing Taiwan Walker. Uh, this one was devastating. We had a little bit of chances, but it we really just went clean. Morton dominated, and their back of their bullpen looked great. That is a five nothing game two loss. Yeah, I mean, game one, we had the rough, spectacular pitching, so at least that was enjoyable. Game two was just a ugh, just a slog of a game. I mean, Taiwan coming out uh, was probably a good thing in the long run. He'll probably miss one start. He might be able to pitch Sunday. There was a little bit of talk about that today. I'd prefer the Mets to not rush him back and have him for September, uh, but we'll see. And, you know, the Mets just got stymied. They hit Morton well all year heading into this game, and then he just looked absolutely locked at Truist. I think he struck out 12 batters. Uh, and the key moment for me was in the seventh. McNeil had two runners on, had a chance to bring the game within reach when it was 3 nothing. Instead, he strikes out against Dylan Lee, and that was kind of just it for the Mets. Uh, so that sets a precedent of two losses in a row with two games to go. But this is why you paid the guys the big bucks to have Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom in back-to-back games give yourself a chance to win. So the Mets go into game three with a huge chip on their shoulder, and they finally address a hole in their roster by calling up number two prospect Brett Beatty to the big leagues. Brett Beatty looks every part the kid of the Mets roster. That is a baby face if I've ever seen one. He gets the start. He bats eighth at third base. Starling Marte and Francisco Lindor help him out in the big leagues by homering on back-to-back pitches in the first inning off Jake Odorizzi. And then Brett Beatty sees that and he goes, oh, I can do that too. I just realized. And he smacks a two-run homer on his first swing in the big leagues off Jake Odorizzi as well. That makes it 4 nothing Mets. It electrifies the crowd. It felt like the season was back on after it had ended the night before. Uh, McNeil singled and scored on Canna's double in the sixth inning. Marte hit his second home run of the game off Kirby Yates, who I didn't know was back, so good for Kirby Yates returning from injury. But that does make it 6-1 to Mets all along the way. Max Scherzer was pitching brilliantly through the first six innings. He faced two batters above the minimum only allowed a run on a sacrifice fly, but he did run into trouble in the seventh. He allowed a single and two walks after striking out the first batter of the inning, and he would get pulled for Adam Adovino, who's been really good, one, just in general, but two, with inherited runners. So I did like the move from Buck when it happened. In this case, it does not work out. He yields a run before letting up a Robbie Grossman three-run homer. Grossman has been quiet all season and then randomly had two huge home runs in this series against the Mets. So that makes it 6-5 to five very quickly. It kind of ruins Scherzer's line for the night as his line ends up being six and a third, four and runs, three hits, three walks, eight strikeouts when he looked much better than that except for that last inning. His ERA goes up to 2.15. Diaz does come out for the eighth inning, so we're threatening that six-out save again. Obviously, the eighth goes very swimmingly for Diaz. He gets two Ks on just 10 pitches. Matt Olson and Eddie Rosario go 0 for 7 with seven strikeouts in this game. Pretty brutal. Uh, and the Mets do rally for key insurance off Jackson Stevens in the ninth inning. Nimmo Lindor single, then Alonzo singles to bring home both of them. Alonzo gets up to 99 RBIs on the season. And then a sight we haven't seen in a while, which I loved. Pete Alonzo steals a base. He catches everybody sleeping, and this sets up another RBI for Dan Vogelbach, who doubles him home, so it's 9-5 to Mets. The Mets decide to save Diaz, and they bring in Trevor May. Now, this is a kind of a polarizing move uh, across the fan base. I know some people were feeling like, let's just get the win, use Diaz for six. We know he can do it. Let's seal it and get at least one win. Instead, Buck opts to use Trevor May, using him in a pretty, you know, decently big spot, even with a four-run lead. He strikes out Rosario, but then three consecutive singles for two runs makes it a 9-7 to game. Then he comes back, he strikes out Grossman, and then Acuna hits a screaming line drive 
but it finds starting Marte's glove in right field to seal a 9-7 win. The Mets' bats reawaken with Brett Batty, uh, Brett Beatty in the lineup. Excuse me, three doubles and four home runs on 14 hits total. Multi-hit games for Lindor, McNeil, Marte, and Canna, and they really stymie the top of the Braves lineup. One through five goes 0 for 17 with 10 strikeouts. So a pretty good pitching performance, albeit seven runs allowed, which seems kind of weird in retrospect. But the Mets do win Game Three, nine to seven. <laughs> what a game! Yeah. A lot of scary moments for the Mets. They jump out early, uh, look great. You get the huge moment with Brett Beatty, the first swing he sees in the big leagues, like crazy very impressive very impressive that was a moment seeing his family out there gelbs getting the interview (laughs) doing the good things um and scherzer looked nasty scherzer looked great and then he kind of just kind of looked like he ran out of gas which is very rare he was trying to power through uh i thought buck did the right thing by bringing in adovino who's been fantastic as you highlighted with runners in scoring position for sure and he made a mistake, and Robbie Grossman, who's a really good player, has had a rough year, yeah. but he's a really, really good player, um, made him pay. And he did it in game two, uh, and he did it again in game three. Um, and then Diaz did some amazing work coming in in the eighth, dominated the heart of their lineup yeah. on 10 pitches. Um, and then they scored a couple to go 9-5, to five, and... I was happy at the time to bring May in because you could have saved it could have went DeGrom Diaz for yeah. the fourth game four, which you know felt big because we needed game four. May made it shaky, but it worked out. We ended up winning nine to seven. So yeah. Uh overall, man, uh really good showing, some home runs being hit, great pitching performance, a, a debut of a, a young, young prospect, twenty two years old. Oh, Crazy. what it would be like. Younger than May. Nuts. <laughs> And, well, uh, you're now an old man. You're going to be yeah, saying that a lot. Yeah, I so, right? I mean, yeah, well. I'm from, I only talk to adults these days, I guess. So I guess it's true. Um, no. My favorite part of the celebration with Beatty's family, though, I don't know if you saw this, was in the front, I think in the row in front of them, uh, was a man jumping probably higher than anybody in Beatty's family, and it was Francisco Lindor's father-in-law, just randomly <laughs> right next to them in the middle of the celebration. I thought that was really funny. He pointed it out later. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's loving it. Oh yeah. It's a moment, dude. I was jumping. My wife got teary eyed because you know, she's yeah. Cause she understands what it like the culmination of like a lifelong dream and then storybook start. Like you kidding me? Yeah. It's awesome. That's, that's movie script stuff. Yeah. So, um, you ready for game four? Oh, I'll never be ready. Game four. Late on me. It's exciting. It's <laughs> it's it's Max Fried making his return off the uh, concussion list after he smashed his skull into the turf uh, the last time he faced the Mets. Comes back to face off against Jacob Degrom. This is the battle of the skinny guys, <laughs> my guys, the lean and mean fighting machines. You got the captain, the right side, Degrom facing off the captain of the left side. In Max Freed, and it was a pitcher's duel. You had lots of uh, uh, strikeouts. Max Freed battling through a little bit of it. The Atlanta Braves jumped on atop of Jacob DeGrom in the third. He had made a couple of mistakes. Uh, he backed up a slider to Dansby, who deposits a double, scoring uh, a run. And then Austin Riley hits a fastball that scores another run. That would be two. But DeGrom looked really good outside of that. He gets um, ends up going six-plus. Uh, the New York Mets in the top of the fifth, though, 
uh, tied it up. They rallied a little bit. Uh, how did they score those runs? I forget off the top of my head. Uh, it was a Mark Kenna two-run bomb. That's right. After an absolutely epic battle, he fought and fought. Freed made some really good pitches. He fought. He battled. He fouled it off, worked it to a 3-2 count, and then crushed the ball. That felt phenomenal yeah. because now you're dead even, and it's back to being DeGrom on the mound. He's great. They actually push him into the seventh, which is exciting. Exciting. He gets two outs and gives up a single, and in comes Seth Lugo, who allows the weakest double run scoring from first I've ever seen. A little bit of magic at the home ballpark for Atlanta there. He hits a little bouncer between the second baseman and the shortstop who was shifted. It it was so slow that the outfielders couldn't get it. The run scores from third on a weird uh, off the bat, I knew it was trouble. You yeah. had speed on the bases. You had speed behind it. He ends up scoring as bad luck for Lugo, bad luck for DeGrom. Uh, and that was it. That was the difference in the ball game. The Atlanta Braves go up 3 to nothing. You remember how it goes. Kenley Jansen comes yeah. in to seal the deal. Lindor gets on with a single. Who is Lindor was awesome this whole series. Gets on with a single. Steals second, but... Um, but Pete Alonso pops it up and it lands, and then he's coming back, gets caught in between. Uh, and that was kind of the gist of that ball game. It didn't go our way. Things literally fell, but didn't fall our way. Yeah. Uh, and the Mets lose three to two. Jacob deGrom, a little bit of humanness he showed. Yeah. Max Fried gets the win. Uh, Jacob deGrom gets a loss. Kenley Jansen gets the save. So much to talk about with this one. Baseball is a beautifully weird and cruel sport, and there's no better example of it than that ninth thing against uh, Kenley Jansen. Uh, the Braves were playing shift against Lindor all series long, and then for some reason, on that ground ball, they weren't, and it got through, and it was a huge single to lead off the inning. Lindor uh, had that base all but sealed and stolen off Kenley Jansen, who yields a lot of stolen bases in his That would have been a no-throw. Yeah. And I honestly, I want to ask you, because I, I'm hoping they'll answer in the postgame. We don't know yet, because it's so soon after the game. Um, I thought that looked like a hit and run, like Pete was told to swing there. Because no, I, I like, doubt it. You I doubt think... you'll ever get Pete Alonso in a hit and run. I don't think so. In that I, case, if, it... if you're Pete, how do you swing there, man? You, you, you trust your instincts. I think, I don't know. He had the whole right side open. The broadcast talked about it because yeah. uh, they actually were holding Pete. You know, Olsen was on first base. So that right side was wide open. He's just trying to slap it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want you to slap a, a single there, Pete. I, I want you to drive the ball. That's drive or it to that take left a, center gap. It's take open. a pitch. Let Lindor. That was, the yeah. Let Lindor, even if it was, I don't know. There's I just so many things. Run. Yeah. Knowing that knowing that Kenley Jansen is that slow, I doubt they were forcing Alonso to swing the bat, knowing yeah. that Lindor can take that back pretty and that, easily. That was sort of this is sort of me like coping with the decision to swing on that first pitch because that was a tough that was a tough fast that was a swing. tough decision. And you can you can play this game all day and night, but there are plenty of moments in this game where the Mets can win. They had first and mm. third, nobody out in the fourth inning. Uh, McCann strikes out, Nimmo strikes out, rally ends. They don't get that run across. Canna gets the big hit that keeps us in the game for sure. But there were plenty of moments in this game where the Mets 
Probably. I mean, we can talk about you the ground ball, You gave McCann a shout-out. He had a big hit. He had a huge hit, so I, you know what? I rescind my previous comments on McCann, uh, but not scoring him after that double was pretty That was tough. Brutal. That was a big – that felt like a big moment, yeah. too, because you're like, wow, McCann <laughs> – McCann gave you life. McCann did it. He gave you a yeah, double out, so. of, out of thin air against a really good pitcher. Uh, yeah, he made some good throws this series, yeah. um, but Canna had a great game. Those two doubles that – or the Ken had a the, great series, honestly. He had a double, he had a huge homer. Yeah. Uh that homer was huge, especially that Such whole at bat because Freed is working his ass off and Ken yeah. is doing what he Not does, eight making pitch him at work bat to get there. Each pit eight pitch huge. Yep. And, and I mean so, game of moments, Ruff's home run that wasn't about an inch off that foul pole, I think in the second inning. That was brutal. Yeah. Uh to ground pitch as well. And it's just that dribbler that the shift was not quite right. It sneaks through. Grisham was uh, running on three and two, so that worked out perfectly for them. Loved the send by Ron Washington there, knowing the arm of Nemo. I want, and I also want to uh, peek your brain on this a little bit because I feel like Marte is there for that ball as well. And I think you go with the big arm there. You go with the cannon. And Nemo, you know, he's a great center fielder now, but I just think if Marte takes that ball, from Nimmo in center field, you have a much better shot at getting that runner. I agree. I agree there. I think I think Marte gets that. Yeah. Uh, Nimmo's just trying to make a play. Yep. But I think that's something that Buck will talk about afterward. Like let let Marte get that ball. Yeah. It was or Marte go get that from him. It was good um, moments. Again, that's just that's tough. That's that's aggressiveness. Sometimes it happens that way. It's baseball. Yeah. They took three out of four. We lost our first series uh, to a, an NL East opponent. Crazy. We knew the Braves were for real. We knew it. Um, we got beat. We yeah. got destroyed in the beginning. We lost a couple of pieces. Uh, Carrasco going down hurts. Hopefully Taiwan. It seems like he's probably just going to miss one start, yeah. which is still a big start because we got Philly coming into town, which we'll talk about. Yeah, or we're going to Philly actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's heavier than it is. I'm sure it feels a lot heavier than it was. But you know, the Braves are still three and a half out. We still have a great team. Yep, they're going to be there, man. They're good. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, and I think it's magnified because it just happened. Like this happened. <laughs> We're talking. Yeah, it literally ago. just ended. So. Um, so the Mets are now nine and seven against the Braves on the year. Um, so still, you know, a, a decent record there. They, I mean, in the games that they were competitive in, it looked like a to die for series. I feel like if everyone's healthy and these two, these two teams meet in a five game set, it's going to be much uh, must watch television. But you know, it's a tough one. Definitely a tough pill to swallow especially in a game of moments where you felt like a lot of things could have turned your way. And that's just some, sometimes how it goes for the away team. You know, it's a tough ballpark to play in truest park. They get loud over there, uh, but still a lot of good performances in the series for the apple of our eye. Jared. Yeah. Did you update the, uh, I did. The, I just did it. Oh my guy. I appreciate right. it. Okay. That's I'm going right. to take a look. The and, apple of our eye. And before you make your decision, Jerry, let me tell you who it's brought to you by. If I oh, do declare, nice. it is brought to you by our friends over at Siegel Law Firm, the New York City-based personal injury and civil rights law firm. What separates them? You know this by now. They truly care about their clients. Their primary concern is extreme client attention. This means clear, regular communications with clients, keeping you updated on your case and providing assistance with medical providers and insurance issues. They treat clients like family and have incredible client satisfaction as a result. A lot of firms say this, but they actually do it. 
There's a misconception that you cannot afford a lawyer. It is not true. There's no cost to consult with a Siegel Law Firm and no out-of-pocket costs when they handle your case. You don't pay a dime until they recover for you and then share a percentage of that recovery. Do not, disqual- do not disqualify yourself from a case for no reason. It's always worth a call to Siegel Law Firm. So give them a call at 646-810-3337 or visit them at Siegel-LawFirm to get the legal support that you need. That's S-E-G-A-L-LawFirm.com. Give them a call today and thank you to them for sponsoring today's Apple of our eye. Jerry, who you got? Ah, uh, thank you, Siegel. Thank you, um, Siegel. Guys, let me take a look at this. I got someone. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Oh, gosh, I'm gonna go, I want to go off script here, but I can't. Oh, do it, do it, do it. I'm not going off script. Come on. Uh, I, I was going to, but these numbers are too good. Yeah, like there's who, there's a couple well, who people stand out. Of? I was going to give my Apple. To Mr. Brett Beatty. Oh, I like that apple. Though. I was going to. Uh, he came in, made an immediate impact, showed his power, showed his confidence, mm. showed his ability to make some plays at third base. He had a decent glove. He, yeah, you know, man. there was a tough ball that Degrom to his left that he got to and knocked down. Very tough play. Tough That's one. a base hit. Made one deep um, in the hole at third, too. Yeah, that was indeed. To get to that, to knock that down is impressive. Yep. You know, those are plays that as his experience grows, his abilities will also get better, the yep. way he's going to work in the big leagues. Uh, I think he can get to that ball and make a throw on it. He showed he's got a decently strong arm. I was impressed over there. Uh, so I was going to give it to him, uh, but I'm not. You're not. I, Man, I hope you go one way because I am going to give the apple of my eye to Mr. Mark. Yeah. I mean, I forgot about it in the recap because it was it was so fresh in my head that I was trying to base it off memory. But his home run off of Max Freed in the moment was huge because like I'm pitching along like I'm I'm playing around with my boys. At the same time, I'm watching this, and I'm just like, man, he's making Freed yeah. work. And Freed doesn't make mistakes, man. We saw him at his best, and we scratched across those two runs. Uh, that was impressive, that home run. He went 5-for-11 uh, with a walk, had that big home run. He had four doubles. Crazy. Only had Four doubles in four games and three RBI. He is the apple of my eye. I like that pick a lot. Canna had like a very sneaky, quiet, good series, just kind of consistently hitting uh, throughout every game. He was definitely a candidate for me. Uh, I love that you gave love to uh, Beatty because I kind of forgot him on the sheet. He goes two for seven and gets his first major league home run. Obviously so huge, so good for Brett. I'm sure he's going to get an apple in no time because he's looking at some pretty serious playing time coming up in the next couple of weeks. So good for Brett. Uh, and it looks like he definitely belongs. Some guys we got to shout out. Lindor had a great series. He goes five for 16, two runs, a homer, an RBI, and a stolen base. Probably would have had a second stolen base in that ninth inning, too. He, uh, I want to, before you move on from Lindor, yeah. just keeps doing it, man. Just keeps doing it. Every series he's that, on our he would have been my He would have been my next choice. Yeah. I would have, I, I was going to give it to Lindor, oh. Beatty, Lindor, and then I have to give it to Canna because, I mean, four doubles, a homer. Yeah. Uh, awesome. But Lindor continues to be impressive. I think Lindor is definitely my uh, my runner-up here. Also yep. want to give some love to Starling Marte, who had a two-home-run game. He goes three for 15 in the series, two runs, two RBI there. Big things were the the two solo shots in Game 3 that really helped the Mets win the game, ultimately. And then Jacob DeGrom pitches a great game. not A great game, but not a DeGrom game, which is weird. It's weird feeling unsatisfied after that DeGrom start. Well, he, he actually weird. made some mistakes. Yeah, he I know. Made, he made, I think uh, he had Dansby... 
He wanted, he had him. He wanted to make a perfect slider, and he's human. Yeah. He showed a little bit of humanness. I'll never believe uh, it. And Dansby did a good job making him pay. And then, uh, you know, Riley knocked in another one. The third one, fluky third yeah. run, but still, you know, he, he's human. Put the ball in play. Good things happen. Uh, the apple for me is actually going to one Jeff McNeil. He gets the apple for me this time around. And it's honestly because I want to take a second to talk about Jeff McNeil. Uh, before I do that, he went eight for 16, so 500 batting clip. That's pretty good uh, playing in every game this series. Three doubles and three runs. Stats don't jump off the page. But I want to talk about McNeil in August in general. Uh, McNeil, really consistent April through June. A nice, solid eight. 30 850 OPS and then he had a really rough July that I feel like kind of went under the radar because the Mets were playing good ball uh, he only batted 208 he had one home run struck out way more than he walked and it kind of looked like we were sort of seeing a regression to 2021 McNeil a lot of pole swinging and stuff like that and then this month he's just gone back to pure slap hitting and I've, it's been an absolute joy to watch he's now batting 440 in august with a 1.150 ops he gets eight hits this series he had a four hit game in the absolute blowout that the mets suffered in game one uh it looks like every single time jeff mcneil looks like he's starting to scare me a little bit he completely reassures me and shows me that he is a pure solid contact hitter when he wants to be uh so i'm glad that his head's been straight on in august he's been a huge piece of this lineup and he is the apple of my eye for this series love it uh he had a good good curveball off yeah, max Fried today yes, uh a good one i i saw max's face because uh, he was like whoa <laughs> like uh you know you hit a mistake that's one thing you leave right. it up you you know but he went down and 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 got it um he's been great just seen it i, well. I thought did he did he snap his wrist did his thumb explode because he had this really dramatic little you know, Buck came out after he, he took a weird swing and then he was doing these weird, I don't know, I'm going to describe it, but sure. like, if you go back and watch his at bat, he started to separate yeah, his hands. a little Josh Harrison. I thought I saw yeah, that too. he started to move his hands apart on the bat because he was trying to protect that, that front or that bottom hand wrist so he doesn't roll over yeah. really hard. Very weird. He's playing like, with and a then lacerated he gets this weird thumb. infield single and die, head, dives head first you know with that wrist and i'm like dude what he's a grinder. are you just like are you messing with us what are you doing you're such a like he's so dramatic oh, i love it though. uh but he is raking he's fun to watch yeah. uh he's been god he's just so good he's so good at baseball the bat to ball skills um yeah he's very good it's it's uh it was a little bit worrisome because you yeah. you were right he started to regress a bit um but he figured it out that's for sure so yeah, he definitely earned the apple Cuts the thumb, plays through the injury, and just keeps getting better and better. Um, so the Mets lineup, you know, kind of has an inconsistent performance. They really broke out in game three for nine runs. Uh, but, then you know, a couple standout guys here and there. Alonzo had a pretty quiet series, though, which was troublesome. Uh, Nimmo had a rough last game for sure, even though first three games he was pretty okay. I mean, Marte had a rough third game. Yeah. Marte rolled a, like, Nimmo got on base, lead off the game with the single in game three. Or game two. Game two. Marte had two game runs two. in game three. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, game two, Nemo, leadoff single, doubled up. Yeah. Like he grounded into a double play. Marte's in the ninth, Nemo walked to, to lead off the inning, double grounded into a double play again. He hits in for a fast guy. He hits into a shitload of double plays. Jerry, let's play a guessing game. How many double plays do you think Marte has grounded into this year? 
off the dome. Eight. Fifteen. Wow. That's what's an, the what's the next closest? Fifteen. Twenty nineteen. Uh, in 2019 the whole season yeah the whole season yeah so he's had a down year and we've seen what he can do he's still capable of being a game changer leads Uh, the team but he's definitely not afraid to just roll it over it's just not a guy you'd expect a 15 double play i wonder where that ranks like among the league that's what i thought you were going to tell me like on the team who else has double plays that many double plays on the team he leads the team and in terms of of course the entire major leagues he's seventh the league leader is brendan rogers of the rockies with 20 most of these guys are first basemen though like i was gonna say like probably jose abreu's on there Jose Braves here, Michael. Yeah, Franco, like slow guys. And then Starling Marte, just out of nowhere. <laughs> just it feels like it, too. It feels like it. <laughs> it's really bizarre. I mean, still yeah, but, he, you know, he's done. He hit two home runs. He's he's stolen some bases. He's even, you know, we've seen what he's, what he's capable of doing, yeah. so there's glimmers of it. But he's one guy. This is what happens on a team when your whole team is playing really well. Yeah. You can have a guy playing kind not it's on the whole subpar for himself, but he's had some great, you know, some great moments. He's still being a very good contributing factor to a successful New York Mets team, but he's not at the same level that he was last year offensively. It's just, he's just not. Um, But that's what a good team can cover up those things and pick up guys when, when they're not doing well. And yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you're still saying like he's having a good season. All he is having a good season. He's not the stolen base threat he once was. You know, he's got an 800 OPS. He's hitting for more power uh, than usual, but still, just not really. uh, I guess what I envisioned. He had 47 stolen bases last year. He has 15 this year. It's a huge drop off. And I mean, you know, everyone's stealing bases this year. Like Lindor is getting involved. I think Pete is up to like five or six now. So good for Pete. Except um, for that one time that you said he was perfect. I know. I know. All right. We can talk about it. I jinxed him. All right. The book is out. I jinxed Pete Alonso's stolen base streak. What are you going to do? Yeah. All what right. do you want to do? You want to preview? Oh, yeah. What's on the horizon? We got next. What's going we on? have a huge set at the Philadelphia Phillies traveling after a shitty Atlanta Braves <laughs> make you stay for a night game. Yeah. What the uh, hell getaway is day. that? These the suck as a player. That? Come on. Dude, that, I mean the Mets do it to everybody. Like the the Oops. they do it to everybody. <laughs> if we're not, if the Mets aren't leaving, it's a night game. Like yeah. that's just a simple fact. If if it's not, again, this is what the Players Association has to fight for because every owner wants to play every damn game uh, a night game, really? even if you get a. It used to be night game getaway day, uh, traveling cross country three time zones, and then you have a day game. Suck it. So wow. we had to fight for things and get these moments. Uh, but this is what happens because we're staying in the same uh, time zone. Yeah. So uh, it's going into Philly, playing a big four-game set. We have lost two of our starting pitchers, so we are going to play a little bit of uh, fill-in-the-blank. Uh, so four-game set. Game one, Chris Bassett. We know that guy. We know him as an entity. He's just dodging the Braves left and right. <laughs> Uh, still doing his thing, but he is ten and seven with a three two seven ERA, uh, going up against Aaron Nola, who is absolutely phenomenal. We saw what he's capable of doing. He's eight and nine with a three oh seven on the year, and uh, his career against Bassett. Nick Castellanos is eight for twenty two with a homer against Nola. Pete Alonso, awesome, fourteen for forty with four bombs. That's pretty darn good. Uh, Aaron Nola versus the Mets this year. Not that great, but not bad. He's 0-3. 
24 and a third with eight earned runs. That's just under a three. Uh, he's pitched really well, but they've gotten to him. 29 Ks of five walks. That's pretty good. Bassett versus Philly. He's two and zero with a 16 and two thirds innings pitch. He's got two earned runs. That's a 108. That's really dang good. Mm-hmm. 16 punch outs to six walks. Game two. Very likely it's David Peterson, uh, who's six and two with a three three on the year, going up against old familiar foe Zach Wheeler. He's eleven and six with a two nine two ERA. We are facing their big time one two punch right off the bat. David Peterson hasn't faced Philly since his first game of the year. He went four innings. Zero earned runs, three hits, two walks, three Ks, all in relief. He looked great. Uh, Zach Wheeler versus the Mets. Uh, speaking of human, he's human. He's 0-2 yeah. with a 16 and two-thirds innings pitch. He's got eight runs. That's a 4-3-2 ERA. 15 strikeouts to five walks. He doesn't like facing the Mets, it seems. Uh, game three, most likely going to be Trevor Williams, who's been the Swiss Army knife for the Mets bullpen starting rotation. He's been wonderful. He's two and five with a three oh two going up against Bailey Falter. I don't know who you are, sir, but <laughs> welcome to the big leagues. He's zero and three with a four eight five ERA. T will likely get the start with both Walker and Carrasco out with injury. He might get uh, a couple starts depending on how long Taiwan Walker's out um, because. Petey's probably there for Carrasco. But uh, Williams faced Philly in his last outing. He went two shutout innings, two hits, a walk. Um, as a starter this year, he's 2-4 and four with a 4.67. Uh, but he's got a 1-1-8 uh, whip. He's 34 and two-thirds innings. He's been really good. Uh, better as that kind of back-and-forth guy. But he's been very good. very Like a quiet MVP style for your team. Everybody appreciates what he's been able to do. Falter in two games versus Mets. Oh, I know this guy. Never mind. He's faced the Mets two games this year. Uh, Five innings, three earned runs, five hits, four walks, six Ks. I remember. Okay, game four. This is TBD for us. Taiwan Walker is slated to pitch if it's his spot in the rotation. We don't know. They'll probably, my completely unsubstantiated guess would be that he gets one start skipped just an error on the safe spot side, especially with Carrasco already yeah. down. Can't afford to have it. It's too early in the season for this to be a must win. So I imagine somebody else is going to go, but we're going to play this like it's him. Sure. One Walker, 10 and 3 on a 3 3 6. Going up against Kyle Gibson, who's 8 and 5 with a 4 3. Gibson versus the Mets this year, 1 and 0 with a 10 and 2 thirds inning pitch, two earned runs, six Ks, five walks. Uh, let him get away with some traffic, but he's pitched well. Taiwan Walker versus Philly this year. 16 innings pitched, eight earned runs, 4.5 ERA. They faced him during that rough stretch. Eight Ks to seven walks, uh, and the lights go out. In- <laughs> Golly, I'm going to continue, though. Brandon Nimmo in his career versus Kyle Gibson, four for 13 with a home run. That is game four. That is our four-game set in Philadelphia before they come home and the boys play the Subway Series. So that is your four-game set. Nice preview, as always. They're shutting the lights are off. They motion? I don't know what it is. I think it's the motion. The lights are motion lights? I didn't I think don't I know. was that still. I've been moving around. They said beat it. They were like, get, get out. out. It's almost 11. Leave. I Go know. home. Yeah, big four-gamer with the Phillies. Back-to-back four-gamers against division rivals, which is pretty tough. Uh, big thing for me is Sunday. Who's pitching? I don't think it should be Taiwan either. I think you should get the start off. Make sure he's all good. I think they said he had a bulging disc in his back, which sounds serious. 
uh, but it looks like they were downplaying. And he said he uh, Walker said he couldn't believe how well he felt uh, two days after the fact. Uh, if it's not him, it might be Jose Budo Budo. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Triple uh, A guy. He got pulled from his start today after just one inning. They could be trying to preserve that arm. He would probably just in be the case. Next guy up. If not him, then maybe a bullpen game. But it's right after a double header. So yeah, then the bullpen games. got taxed in this series. Right. Plus, you're facing this is this is my takeaway of this series. Sure. So it's a big one. You're going to face Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler after getting kind of gut punched by the Atlanta Braves. It's not the end of the world if they take the first two. It's not. If we get our butts kicked again, it's not the end of the world. It's okay. This is still a really good team. The Braves are real. The Philadelphia Phillies are real. Uh, And so you're going to have this. This is a tough stretch. So um, it's okay. If things don't look great, it's not the end of the world. I mean, I think you'd love a split here. I would have loved a split in Atlanta too. Obviously, you know. I still feel like we're gonna win this series. Yeah. I still feel like we're gonna take three or four. Um, I think Pete Alonso is gonna heat up. That's my guy who I think Lindor has been incredible. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I still think you know we could take three or four. We get sweep. You know, we've had Philly's number. That'd be fun. Like yeah. That. So. Um, it's yeah. a good series. It's a big series. This one, you know, we had a letdown or everybody was in fear of a letdown after taking four or five. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a letdown after losing three or four. So I expect the boys on a tough travel day to show up ready to play. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, the four gamer in Atlanta was tough, but this team is really good at responding after a loss. They have been all season. They're 11 and four against Philly. They've hit Nola well. They've hit Wheeler well. So these are two great pitchers, but two pitchers that the Mets have gotten to in the past. Bassett has really good numbers against Philly. I'm excited for Peterson to resume his role in the rotation. I think he's hungry for the opportunity. T-Will gets a start. He's been pretty solid as a starter. Um, you know, I'll tell you one one guy that's not going to be bothered by this travel is Brett Beatty. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, never, it. he's never traveled so well. He's also <laughs> only 22 years old, so his body doesn't get jet lag. Uh, he'll he'll sleep like a baby. Even if he doesn't sleep, I, I imagine he'll feel just fine. What a cool time to come up. You're leading your division in a pennant race and you're facing your two division rivals back to back in their stadiums in August. That's pretty cool. Give you a little taste of what it's like to be in hostile territory. Yeah, so yeah, and, uh, the Nola. Mets are going to, he, he's going to face the subway series after that. Oh so God, it's going to be some yeah. intense, God. some intense baseball games for him. So yeah, he's a he's trial by up. fire. Even if he's only up for those 10 games, what a 10 game stretch for both of you. That's <laughs> fucking cool. Good for him, dude. Yeah. Yep. And, and I, I believe this is the last time we play Philly this season. I have no idea. I haven't looked at the I schedule like that mistaken, yet. I could be mistaken, but I, I'm pretty sure this is it. No, this is it for the season with us in Philly. Uh, this will put us at, yeah, 19 games against them this year. And, I mean, the Mets go to uh, the Bronx after this, and then they come home, and they got the Rockies, they got the Nats, they got the Pirates, they got the Marlins, they got the Cubs, they got the Pirates again, they got the A's, the Marlins again. September is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so if you're feeling like the sky is falling after that three or four set, it's not. The Mets have taken care of the bad teams all season long. Finish August strong. You still have a great August record. Uh, continue to beat up on your division rivals like you have all season. And keep the guys healthy. If Tywan Walker isn't 100%, he shouldn't go Sunday. Even if it feels like a must-win game, it is not. The Mets team is very good. They're in a good spot. They will be in the playoffs. And make sure you're in one piece when you get there, right? 
That's the key. That's the key. That's absolutely the key. I think that's it, Jerry. That's it. That was a good episode. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm ready absolutely. to go to sleep. I gotta get up early. I gotta trek home now. I gotta go back to Jersey. Oh, what's that gonna? What's your commute? Uh, it's probably gonna be like seventy-five minutes. Seventy-five. I've. How many people say seventy-five minutes? It's an hour and fifteen. It's an hour and change. There you go. <laughs> seventy-five minutes. I don't know. I'm used to seeing like it on my uh, my maps or whatever. I know. I'm with you. <laughs> That's an hour fifteen. Hour half, hour fifteen. Right, guys, do you, when you have kids, is your is your kid going to be like thirty two months old? Oh my! I'm not going to be one of those parents. <laughs> he's actually sixty four months. Yeah, isn't that yeah, he's not sixty seven and a half months. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> That's I don't. Know. I can't. I don't want to do. I, I can, don't want to do. If he can walk on his own, I don't need to describe him. I don't want to divide by twelve. Just yeah. tell me how old this kid right, is. I'm not in doing years. math right now. I'm just give me a four curious. and a half. Like I understand because I'm going through kids. There's a big difference between two and two and a half. Yeah. You know, if there's another parent and they're like, you know, they want to know, you can tell them just based on development. But in general, don't tell me, don't tell me like, you I know, I feel like he's you just 41 using months, months old. after when you can use years, right? That's what the years are there. Well, for. well, if, if you have a kid, their development between like 18 months and 26 months. Look at you. You know what I mean? It really is. <laughs> they're, they're leaps and bounds because, you know, three months is like a 15% of their life. The moms so, the like, the def- right now there's there's big this. milestones. They're loving this chatter right now. But <laughs> is this still? Are we still recording? Child That's great. Yeah. We'll <laughs> let these fools go. All right, Thank guys. you guys for tuning in. Let's go Mets. We'll see you Let's Monday. Let's go Mets. <laughs>